0: and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome, folks. Welcome back to another very special episode of Soul Talk. This week is uh, that time for a Soul Talk session. If you are new to the Soul Talk family, it's great to connect. I love uh, introducing Soul Talk to new people. And uh, my intention, my heartfelt desire is to serve you and that you experience deeper fulfillment inspiration following your true soul's potential we live in a world where often we are conditioned and hypnotized and seduced to uh following the dictates of our ego and society and media tends to condition us to believe and forget who we really are and so part part of my intention with soul talk is to help remind you of who you really are, that you are an infinite being. And I think when we connect to our true essence, our soul, our light, our true consciousness, then we wake up and and awaken to the power that's already inside of us, regardless of what's going on outside. So, Soul Talk. Welcome, folks. Today's Soul Talk is going to be a, a, a little different from the typical Soul Talk episode where I Uh, teach on a topic. Today's soul talk, I wanted to have a little fun with with all of you. Hope you're ready for some fun, some insights some inspiration where I posted on social media, uh, the question and the question was, if you were to have tea with me and sit down for tea, what's the question or questions you would like to ask me? And so if we were to sit down for tea Perhaps you'd like to ask me a question. It could be deep, it could be simple, it could be funny. Uh, and uh, my intention is in today's episode to scroll through. I'm scrolling through some of the questions that you have posed that you want me to answer, and I'm going to answer some of these on Soul Talk. Hopefully, we, we will get to know each other even better. Okay, gang, let's ju- let's dive in. Here is the... Uh, Let me scroll through. I see some really great questions that you have shared. I won't say the name of the person just to protect privacy. What is your own personal practice? I'm assuming it's spiritual practice, as in personal spiritual practice. And, uh, you know, at, at, at each stage of my life, I've had different practices. And different practices have been necessary for different levels of consciousness that I was existing at or vibrating at, so to speak. Uh, When I was very young, I was doing a lot of meditation. I remember getting into meditation around age eight and having some very profound experiences and as a young boy doing yoga, reading yoga, meditation, implementing prayer, journaling daily. Very very, uh, rigorous in those particular daily practices, meditating at night. And so for me, my spiritual practice Uh, There was also a period of time in my early 20s when uh, I was going through some very intense, you could say, awakenings and uh, shedding layers of my own ego conditioning and identity uh, and, and let's say, deconstructing my sense of self. During that time, I was also uh, lived in a tiny apartment and I was probably meditating four to six hours a day. What my spiritual practice looked at looked like at that time is a little different than now. But during that time, I would wake up, I would run. I'd run for probably an hour, hour and 15 minutes, six, six to eight miles a day, stretch, meditate for an hour or two. And then uh, in the evenings, I would probably meditate for three to four hours. I would do various types of chanting, kirtan, as the way to activate my voice, sound, the power of sound is, is really impactful in vibrationally shifting your uh, psyche, your psychology, and moving energy through your body. So I was doing a lot of that as my own spiritual practice. And then uh, after a very intense period of, let's say, uh, I don't know, two, three years like that, I mean, I really had no life other than transforming and doing minimal work, so to speak, just to function and survive. Uh, needless to say, it was broke, uh, but it was a very profound time of internal transformation and self-reflection. Uh, but there was a lot of spiritual practice in the form of m- direct meditation and, and yoga, uh, yoga through the physical body. Um, as things progressed, life progressed. Uh, so today, my spiritual practice has evolved in that, yes, I do meditate. Much of the time, uh, I really love meditating at night before I sleep. Meditation may consist of 30, 45 minutes, an hour, just depending. Uh, there's days in which I, I may journal, just writing thoughts, feelings out to, as a way to sort of make concrete my own internal feelings and intuitions and knowings, tap into a deeper level of creativity. So there's daily practice of meditation, uh, many times, I also definitely do it in the morning as well. So it, it really depends. Uh, exercise is the daily exercise because I believe that the, the physical body is the foundation. Physical body is a foundation of health. And so, physical exercise, meditation in the morning, definitely in the evening, stretching exercises. But more and more, in terms of spiritual practice, for me, mm, life itself has increasingly become a spiritual practice for me. So I've actually stopped seeing my spiritual practice as practice. Practice is something we typically do to prepare for the real thing, a rehearsal for the real thing. When in fact, life itself and every moment of existence that we are living in my observation and current experience is in fact not a rehearsal, but is in and of itself the real thing. Life is happening in the now. And so for me, the spiritual practice, as I've evolved, has become less about being on the yoga mat, although sometimes I do, less about sitting on the meditation cushion, And more and more, the spiritual practice has become uh, a manifested expression of the depth of my own, let's say, internal freedom and consciousness in the world. And so I don't really see it as practice anymore. I just see it as living. Life itself, you could say, is and has become the practice that's not really a practice because there's just living, because life is not the rehearsal for the real thing. And so if anything, life practice. Yeah, Life has become the yoga. Life has become the meditation. Life has become... And so more and more increasingly, uh, my spiritual practice and living itself, the gap in the separation from spiritual practice and living has uh, shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And I think uh, part of growing spiritually is the degree to which one's spiritual practice and one's living the gap decreases and the two become one the two unite then living meditatively living as a, then your life becomes meditation because moment to moment living moment to moment with total awareness your life becomes prayer every breath every moment becomes a intentional conscious Offering to the divine in everyone and in everything as you do everything. And so then there is no separation because, between my spiritual practice and living itself. Many times there's the separation. Oh, got to go do my spiritual practice, got to go to the mountain, got to go to the retreat, got to wake up early and do that thing. Nothing wrong with that. Obviously, all of those things kind of help us uh, tune up our physiology, our nervous system, our brain chemistry. But I also feel that increasingly, for me, uh, every moment, every moment, Living itself is the spiritual practice that I endeavor to live. And so that separation has been something that has shrunk and shrunk and shrunk. And so, in a sense, there's no more sacred moment than this moment, because sacred sacredness is not just when I'm on the meditation cushion, meditating next to my, let's say, my Buddhist statue or you know, a cross of Jesus or Ganesha statue, whatever whatever you believe, to truly live spirituality, to truly live sacredly, is a matter of your intention and attention. When your intention and attention is turned inwards to the deeper dimension and deeper reality of what's true, the deeper dimension of your own consciousness and the true inherent consciousness of those you interact with, you then also realize that you can be in a group of people, you can be in your business company, you can be with your team, you can be in a football game, you can be anywhere anytime any place and wherever you are becomes holy becomes sacred becomes spiritual not because of what you do ooh, like i'm doing mantras i'm doing yoga now and now i'm not versus oh i'm reading newspaper I, i'm walking with my dog i'm hanging out with my baby i'm changing the diapers this is not spiritual but doing japas mantra yoga this is spiritual Practice becomes less about the surface level, shell level of what you do and where you are rested inside of yourself when you are doing whatever it is that you're doing. And so then for me, my practice has become more and more, whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm doing with it, with whoever I'm doing it with to be rested in the deepest dimension of myself and to honor And to honor, to recognize the divinity in every single human being that I'm with, then I don't have to go to church to connect to Jesus or the divine. I don't have to go to a temple to connect to the sort of uh, spiritual essence or the Buddha, so to speak. Just the mere fact of being with a friend can be a profoundly spiritual moment or being in service to my friend or my loved one can be as profoundly spiritual as a practice as doing yoga, focusing just on myself. When I am recognizing the inherent divinity in every single human being, that truly every single human being is divine, that no matter what I'm doing with them, what I'm really focused on and worshipping, so to speak, is the divine consciousness through that person. And so that becomes my practice. So for me, more and more, as I've evolved over the years, uh, ending the separation between this is spiritual and that's not spiritual, and ultimately the deeper experience for me has become how can I access the deeper reality to find the spirit in everything, then everything becomes spiritual no matter what. Not because of the thing, but because of, because of my own internal awareness. And so those are just some thoughts there. Um, let's see. Another question. Could how to know when to stay or leave a relationship that is not on a growth path? My perspective it's her perspective. Uh, I'm unlearning all that I thought I knew I'm shedding masks. I also feel badly for not being able to accept him as he is or perhaps I do and I just know that I can't stay with him as it's and it's as it is not best for my evolution. That would be my question if we were having tea together. Great question. How do you know when to stay or leave in a relationship? Number one, the fact that you're, let me back up a second. The fact that you're questioning is also a sign. The fact that you're questioning uh, is a sign. And, and the fact that you're questioning to me tells me that you already know the answer to your question. Because many times the questions actually arise from a deeper sense of knowing. And even though that deeper sense of knowing hasn't made manifest in your total conscious awareness yet as an embodied truth, the fact the question is arising from the inkling of the answer that is already existing inside of you. It's just about you having the courage to know. Now, how to know when to stay when to stay or leave. Ultimately, you attract to you people into your life, into relationship because that person on some level is a mirror manifestation of yourself reflecting to you dimensions and aspects of yourself. They're reflecting to you some part of yourself that you most need to embrace, look at, heal, transform, uh, be challenged by, integrate. They're reflecting to you some aspect of yourself. Relationship, in a sense, is a mirror. Relationship is a mirror, and the person you attract to you is a mirror manifestation of an aspect of your consciousness. There is no real relationship out there. There is a relationship out out there that you're having with really a part of yourself in here that is projected out there in the form and shape and name of another person called your partner. So really what you're in relationship with is an aspect of yourself. You're in relationship with yourself that is projected out there in the projection of your partner. The ultimate relationship is happening with you, In the form of them in some way. They are an aspect of your consciousness that you get to dance with, shadow dance with, dance with, so that you can heal, transform, grow, and evolve. And you attract that person together because there's certain lessons that you and that person have to learn. There might be certain karma that you and that person have to resolve. Certain things you need to see about yourself, integrate about yourself, own about yourself. The real purpose of relationship is not just about, yes, have fun, go to the movies, have great sex, make babies, blah, 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 romance, et cetera, et cetera, all of it, beautiful, fantastic. But I believe the real purpose of relationship is ultimately for the evolution and growth of your soul. The real purpose of relationship is to learn the lessons for which you and that person came together for in the first place and for the evolution and growth of your soul so that you can become more and more of who you truly are. This is the real purpose. So long as you are growing, so long as you are evolving, so long as you're becoming more of who you are, and so long as you're learning those lessons, and ultimately going in a similar direction at a similar pace, then you can continue. Number one, staying together in relationship. If so long as you have a, uh, so long as you're going in a similar direction and a similar pace with someone with a similar intention, a similar purpose. Uh, You can continue growing together, growing together, growing together for as long as you're doing that together and, and have a joint commitment to serve each other. Even if it's difficult, even if it's challenging, if you and the other person have a joint intention and commitment to serve each other and serve each other's soul's evolution, you have a relationship. Maybe challenging, maybe difficult. And sometimes some of the best relationships are the most challenging because they cause you to see parts of yourself that you don't want to see, that you've been resisting seeing, but they cause you to grow. To me, this is a soulmate. A soulmate is that person that causes your soul to grow and evolve into more of who you really are. In our culture, we tend to identify relationship as, or success in relationship as, how long you stay together. But I believe that just because you stay together for 50 years, 100 years, all of your life, if you're miserable, if you're not evolving, if you're not growing, if you're suppressing, disconnecting, betraying parts of yourself, that is not true success. If you're staying in something that is not aligned, if you're staying in something that is not evolutionary, if you're staying in something that is not honoring, respectful, growth-oriented, this is not necessarily success just because you are staying together, True relationship, the purpose being evolution and growth. So if you're not evolving together, growing together, as you are saying in your question on a growth path, then what are you really doing together other than hanging out, wasting time, maybe rotting together or pacifying each other and covering up somewhat uh, each other's insecurities in some way. And so... Just because you break up doesn't mean a relationship has failed. Sometimes breaking up and letting the other person go when you've stopped growing or when the other person doesn't want to grow or when you are growing in different directions clearly and you no longer have a joint commitment to each other's growth and evolution is not necessarily a failure. That can be a success. That can be a symbol of honoring yourself and honoring the other person. Ultimately, a relationship is over when you have stopped having a commitment to each other's soul's growth. And when over time one person is growing and the other person is not, so your evolutionary growth rate has, is 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 happening at such a different pace that you are no longer an energetic, mental, emotional, or vibrational match with the other person. You might love each other. You might love each other madly. You might be sexually attracted. You might lust for each other. You might be, you know, care for each other. All of that. But ultimately, if you are not really a vibrational match then there is a good chance that not only are you not growing but it just the relationship connection just won't resonate together relationships can work you know many times a relationship one person may be growing more in particular moments the other person may be growing more in other moments the other person might be growing more in certain ways the other person might grow more in other ways it's not like you always have to be going at an equal rate you might be growing equally in different ways and sharing those gifts of your own evolution with each other to assist each other to grow in the ways that the other person may not be growing, that becomes the complementary blessing and gift you have for your partner. So even some of your differences and incompatibilities can become a gift and offering for each other's growth and evolution so long as you're willing to learn. But there has to be, if you're growing and your partner's not, there does have to be. I have found a willingness, a willingness on the part of your partner to grow, not just because you want them to, but because they want to, because it's, it's the path that they're on, and this is a choice you have to make. And so ultimately, a relationship is over when one person no longer has a commitment to serve the other soul. See, when you really understand the true purpose of relationship, you understand that when issues, challenges, blocks come up, nothing's bad because love will tend to bring up everything unlike itself in order for us to heal. And we will see the best relationships. We will see parts of ourselves that we have not wanted to see, that we have hidden from, that we have run from, that we have denied. And this is the best relationships. Doesn't mean it has to be painful. Doesn't mean it has to be suffering. Doesn't mean it has to be uh, constant processing. But you will just see aspects of yourself that you get to heal to bring yourself more fully into light. And if two people understand the true purpose of relationship, then you also have the ability to relate to each other and hold each other in such love, compassion, and understanding of the light as your stuff comes up, then relationship becomes a conscious yoga of spiritual evolution and growth that 's the beauty becomes a dance, but two people for it to work if you want to play that game now you don 't have to necessarily play that game. You might be two people that, that say to me, "Could we don't give a shit about that. We just want to hang out together and eat Doritos, watch television, numb out on Netflix, and never leave our house and not think about anything deep. You have a right to do that, and that might be your journey in this particular lifetime. At some point, we will have to wake up. That is the trajectory of the soul. But if you are on a, if you are on a conscious spiritual path, and that's what you're committed to. The other person doesn't have to be on the exact conscious path as you. The other person doesn't have to be on the exact spiritual trajectory as you. The other person doesn't have to be on the exact, going at the exact pace as you. They don't have to pray the same way you do. They don't have to, to um, meditate the same way you do. But they do have to be willing. With willingness, you can work through things. Without willingness, sincere willingness, things can't get worked through. So, joint commitment to each other's growth and evolution. And are are you still growing in the relationship? This is how you know. If you're not growing in the relationship anymore, then... I think you know the answer. If the other person is not growing and they don't want to grow, now you can have a conversation and share your heart, share how you feel, share what your intention is in terms of committed relationship, and provide that invitation to your partner. You can provide that invitation to your partner to grow and evolve, and your invitation and your request for a deeper relationship becomes an invitation to their soul for their own evolutionary growth. If they choose to to walk through that door and take that invitation, then your relationship can continue. So, yes, do not fall in love with someone's potential. Accept where they are at. The more you're able to accept where they are at, the freer you will be. This is key. Accept where they're at. If you can't accept where your partner is currently at right now, that if they don't grow, could you be okay with that? The Chances are you will experience frustration moving forward in, in your relationship. You have to look at your partner as he is and accept where he's at. When you're able to simply look at your partner where he is and accept where he's at for what he is, that he just is what he is, doesn't mean you wouldn't be open to him growing but you don't need him to grow in order to be happy. Then there's a freedom. Chances are your partner will be willing to grow much more if this is true. So I hope that helps with some of your your questions, with your concerns. Uh, Hope that gives you something to bubble on and marinate on in terms of your consideration. How do I know when to stay or leave in? My relationship. Let me take another question. I think I'll do one more question, and I think folks will do a part two, yes? Uh, I'm scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. Uh, I see a really good question coming up. Um, How do you remain... Oh, this is an interesting one. Uh, how do you remain friends with a Trump supporter? How do you remain friends with Trump supporters? Oh, I think this will be my last question for this episode. We will do a part two to Q&A with Coot. Uh, how do you remain friends with, the Trump, with Trump supporters? I think my response is why not? Why not? It's just ego that judges and it's ego that divides. It's ego that limits. It's personas that limit, split off into duality, us and them, creating more separation. At the deepest level, there is only oneness. You're asking from my perspective. I'm not saying my perspective should be right for you, but you're asking the question, how do you remain friends or you as in someone, you as in you, who's asking the question with Trump supporters? For me, to only be friends with people that believe and hold the same position as I do is limiting. I believe that love embraces and seeks to understand. Love is understanding. doesn't matter what someone else chooses to do. What someone else chooses to do is whatever they choose to do, and they have a right to do whatever they choose to do, to understand, to not understand. How I choose to conduct myself is how I choose to conduct myself, and that's my responsibility, and that's my evolution, and that's my freedom. And I believe that you are only as free as your ability to truly understand and appreciate the other perspective. You don't have to necessarily uh, agree with the opposing view. You don't have to agree with the opposing view. But I also find that you cannot truly and will not be able to truly impact people, the other, by cutting the other off and not build bridges of dialogue. We have to be willing to build bridges of dialogue. Many times what we try and do as human beings is we often... Ego, we are egos. Egos have its, as egos, we have our own identity. We believe ourselves to be egos based on our past conditioning, conditioning as children. That conditioning and that way of being is really often a response to a survival mechanism to avoid pain, get love, get attention, get approval, function, survive, get our certain needs met in the world, and we become successful at this way of being that gets reinforced every time we we, we live that out, also gets reinforced through success and failure, gets reinforced through the stories we tell ourselves, gets reinforced by those around us every single day that relate to us as that particular ego. We end up thinking that's who we are, but it's, who but it's not who we are. Our egos consist of past memories, emotions, thoughts, beliefs. Beliefs about the world, beliefs around religion, beliefs about life. Well, And we actually believe very deeply that the beliefs that we hold about what's right and wrong and about life and politics are what's real and who we are. But the reality is they're not necessarily reality. They're just what we believe, but you are not your belief. We must remember that and have the humility to realize we are not our beliefs. And we are free to believe, and we should be free to believe whatever we believe in this infinite, you know, multi dimensional experience called life. But you are only as free as your ability to truly understand and appreciate the opposing view. What we often do as egos is we. From our, from the limited perspective of what we have identified ourselves to be, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a libertarian, I'm a Christian, I'm a, I'm Jewish, I'm Islamic, I'm Muslim, um, you know, whatever it is, the more we hold on to that, the more we're only able to see through that lens. The more aspects of reality we are able to see through, the freer we will be. We might still choose our perspective. But what we do what what the ego tends to do is reinforce itself by surrounding itself with people that believe what we believe. What the ego tries to often do is we even in spirituality, we tend to seek out friends and teachers, gurus teachers that reinforce our current perspective and belief. But there's no growth in that. True spirituality is the ability, willingness to free yourself of beliefs and stories and judgments and perspectives, to see the infinite perspective, ultimately, which is oneness, manifesting through a multiplicity, of form. Real freedom is to seek out teachers and people who have different perspectives so that we can learn to hold more different perspectives. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to live it. You don't have to live your life by it. But to reinforce Your current perspective, at least this is my observation and experience, because I believe it, is actually limiting. Life becomes very, life then doesn't flourish in much diversity. Life becomes quite limiting because then everybody in my life has to believe what I believe. Otherwise, uh, I'm not free. And I appreciate the concerns. I appreciate your question. Now, what I would say for myself personally is, look, I have many friends, some of my best friends, to be honest, dearest friends that I've known for 10 years, soul soul friends, I would say, truly soul friends, support Trump. And they are amazing human beings. They are not racist. They are incredible human beings, amazing humans. I love them, and my love for them is my love for them, and is my love for them is my love for them. End of story. As human beings, as I said, we are not our beliefs, even though many times we're conditioned to believe so. And personally, as someone who in the beginning did not, and I'm not a Trump supporter, I'm not a Biden supporter, to be honest, (laughs) Uh, but as someone who really didn't like Trump in the beginning and didn't like Trump, actually was very much against Trump in the beginning, I really had to 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 try through my friends to understand their perspective. And rather than limit them in rather than limit someone's viewpoint into my identity, we have to learn to expand our identity to be able to hold multiple multiple viewpoints, even though we may not act on them or believe them ourselves. This is freedom, this is compassion, this is understanding, this is tolerance, this is respect. doesn't matter if someone gives you that or not. That's on them, and that's their karma. Let them deal with that, my friends. And so I have some best friends who are Trump supporters. My friendship with them hasn't changed, but I did my best to understand their viewpoints, and their viewpoints expanded my own perception. I have some best friends, some of my equally dear friends that are uh, Biden supporters on the other side. I love these friends too, and I have deep respect for where they come from and what they choose to believe. Very incredible people, and many, much of which they have shared has deepened my understanding and compassion, and I can understand where they're coming from. Are there crazy Trump supporters? Sure. Are there crazy Biden supporters? Yeah, I've met a few. To me, true healing is not about division. It's about unity. Unity is not red, red or blue. Unity is not left or right. Unity is not just one-sided. As I observe it, unity is the whole. It's the down. It's the total whole. And in life, the whole contain, is contained. Now, you ask the question, How do I, you remain friends, you as in not just me, you as in you, you as in anyone, with Trump supporters? This was the question. How do you remain friends? The question was not how do you remain friends with a white supremacist or a pedophile or a, you know, fill in the murder role or what have you. None of my Trump supporters, none of my Trump friends or friends that support Trump, none of them are anything of the such. What I realize for myself is the deeper I go, the more free I become. I do not have the right to impose my, I, my beliefs or my ideas on another human being. I have a right to believe what I believe. I have a right to share it. I have a right to live it. But I really feel as though the way to change the world is not just talking. The way to change other people is not just to try to impose your belief on them or cut them off. The way to truly be a change is to evolve one's consciousness to a point where we transcend duality, where we evolve one's consciousness to a point where we stop seeing just through ego and personality, where we become the living embodiment of true love. When we become the living embodiment of true love and we live our life in such a way that is loving to all, doesn't mean we have to agree, doesn't mean there's not consequences, but we live our life in such a way. Then what I find is that our message becomes even more powerful because it's not just what we say. People become much more receptive and willing to listen to what we have to say because of how we treat them and how we live our lives. So many people trying to make other people wrong and change other people to believe what they believe instead of living their life in such an inspiring way as a demonstration of what you believe so that you can demonstrate through your life and the fruit of your life—that what you believe actually freaking works. For instance, if you're going to uh, propose a certain diet, but you're seventeen hundred pounds overweight, uh, I'm not going to listen to you. And so, I believe that I don't believe. I believe that I don't have the right to impose my belief on another person. I, I can I can share it. I can communicate it. But just because. We may disagree with friends. I'm not saying a killer. I'm I'm just saying your question was friends. Just because I might disagree with some of my friends' political beliefs shouldn't mean that I'm not friends with them. I feel that my love is an opportunity for my love to expand bigger than my identity or their identity because at the end of the day, love is what's real. Beliefs fade. Beliefs change. Beliefs are transitory. Affiliations are transitory. Love is bigger than politics. And reality, many times also, is not always what it seems. We have a right to disagree. And I think love, true love can embrace the differences and the disagreements. And so where I come from, and you don't have to agree with where I'm coming from, but since you, you're asking the question, my reality is to love my friends as they are for who they are, and in all that they are, whether I agree with them or not, and allow them the, the experience and the dignity of the process of their own soul's journey. That's it, it's their life and it's their soul. That's how I remain friends with whether it's a Trump supporter, a Biden supporter, or someone who believes something I don't. And allow, allow that to continue the dialogue. I feel as though we have to go beyond right and wrong, good or bad. And, and if we're going to truly create unity, we have to begin to be able to move beyond the polarization to begin a dialogue and be open enough to learn. You know, I started getting really curious. So what I started doing personally was I went and read, and you should try this. I went and read every, there's a link, I forget what it is, every single thing that Trump has accomplished to be honest, it's factual, not coming from Trump. This is like a list. I was quite surprised. One of my friends who I, as a new friend, works in the prison system also, was telling me everything, some of the things that Trump has done for the, for the inmates that she works for, works in service to. Then I went and read everything that Biden has done, You know that Biden has done in his 40-some years, and, and just arming myself with just information. Here's the truth. Trump supporters aren't going away. Biden supporters aren't going away. But we could feel anything in there. Anything in there as in left, right, black, white, male, female, up, down, yin, yang, good, bad, positive, negative, is physics. The world is made up of the interdependent, polaric opposites. This is the nature of life. The true dance is the Tao, And the real freedom is not the exclusion of one or the other, because as you exclude one, the other pops up. As you exclude one, you reinforce the other. Even if we look at politics for a moment, take a look. First, there was George Bush, right. Then we moved, flipped to the left, Bill Clinton, right? Then flipped to where? Back to the right, George W., Then flipped, where? Back to the left, Obama. Then flipped, where? Back to the right. You start seeing a pattern of left, right, left, right, yin, yang, up, down, yin, yang, interdependent polaric opposites. This is the nature of existence, the nature of life. When we're able to witness the physics and the down, we're able to then embrace the whole and realize we're not left and we're not right. We are that which contains it all. We are Darth Vader. We are Darth Vader. And we are Luke Skywalker. We are the saint. And we are the sinner. And just in the same way that there's a moment in the scene in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker faces Darth Vader and he has the opportunity to chop his head off. He realizes if he chops his head off, he will only reinforce the darkness and become That instead, he meets him with fierce, compassionate, aware, awake, embrace. He takes the mask off. And so these are some simple thoughts to me at the end of the day. Love is what's real. How you live your life is what's real. At the end of the day and this is just how I choose to live my life no matter who's president no matter who's prime minister no matter who is what have you I believe that you and I we are the ones that have the power to make the change it's not just the president that's going to do it or prime minister that's going to do it how you and I how we live our lives Day in, day out, how we treat our families, how we show up, how we give our gifts, how we treat our wife, how we live in integrity, how we tell the truth. This is what's going to change. What's going to change the collective, it's not one person, it's what each and every one of us do with every breath, with every thought, with every purchase. With every meal, with every feeling, with every intention, we, you and I, we are co-creating our reality and our world together. We have the power. You and I have the power to make change. So these are some thoughts for now, folks. I only got to three questions. There's a lot more. I think I'll do a part two, uh, another episode of Q&A Tea with coot. I should call it coffee with coot, but I don't drink coffee. I don't really drink tea. Sometimes I drink matcha. Sometimes I like a little Japanese matcha. You know, my mother's Japanese. so I love the green tea, a little matcha with a little bit of honey, a little bit of milk. Divine. <clears throat> but it's not that often, once in a while. Anyway, folks, if you enjoyed today's episode... Uh, let me know send me an email kublaxon at kublaxon.com I'll be sure to do more of these Q&A's send me your questions too and uh, there's many other questions I didn't get to that I promise you I'll be getting to shortly much love for now